Hello and welcome to episode 162 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. You can always get better audio, get better lighting, get better whatever, but you can never change the date of first upload. Hello, welcome to episode 162. My name's Ian Ansegray, and in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Show, we're talking about how you share what you love with live video. Let's get on with it just after this. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content Content and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello, hello, hello. Ian Anderson Gray here. Confident Live Marketing Show. Do you go live and share what you love? Or is it all a bit boring? Have you lost your passion? That's what we're going to be talking about today, as well as some mindset things. How do you get over perfectionism and procrastination and all these horrible, scary things and get focused on your audience in front of the camera? But to let you know, next Friday, the episode is all about microphones. So video isn't just about video, it's also about the sound. And so I'm going to be comparing about three or four different microphones that I've played with, like the Heil PR40, this couple of Samsung microphones. Um, we're going to get a bit geeky and techie t- talking about that. So that's next week. Do tune in for that. But it is time to bring in my special guest for today, who is Shelley Nathan, otherwise known as Shelley Saves the Day, who is a Seattle-based video creator and YouTube coach. She is passionate about helping creators learn how to share what they love with the world through video and make money doing it. She is also co-host of the Video Marketing Value podcast, the creator of iMovie Made Easy, which is a comprehensive online video editing course, and was the senior video manager and product expert at... Tube Buddy. Welcome to the show, Shelly. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Well, it's great to have you here. And as, as, the, as the crowds, like, okay, that's thank you, crowds. It's, it's great to hear from you. It's great to have you here. All the way from Seattle. And we were just talking about just before we uh, started recording for the podcast that it's a bit like Manchester, where I live in the UK, in terms that it's rainy, except that you actually have a proper summer. We so, do have a beautiful summer. Yes, yeah. you can go out on the lake, you can go hiking. We've got so much to see. It's beautiful here. Awesome. Well, one one day I will get I I will get there. We're we're seeing each other at Vidfest uh this uh, in May in Orlando. So, I'm looking forward to that because we actually haven't met in person. So, I'm excited Not about yet. that. Yeah, we're yeah. going to very soon, like a month. I know. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I think I've booked my booked my flight. I haven't booked my hotel yet. Oh dear, all these things to to do. But oh, you should. I know. They're gonna know. run. Out. I they they ran out of the hotel where the conference is. Yeah. So I'm at a hotel like within walking distance. So yeah, that's what that's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm a cheapskate as well. I'm gonna find a cheap hotel. Well, not too cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I have I have some standards, you know, but some let's, standards. <laughs> let's have a look at the chat. So we've got uh, Discord for creators in the house. Mm-hmm. I think you might know who this is. Uh, yeah, saying, cutie. Th- hey. <laughs> this whole story of the dance troupe and Abby videos is everything. And just for podcast listeners, can you just briefly go over that? Because I think uh, Katie was asking this. Uh, you do a bit of dancing, don't you? 
I do. I'm on a dance team or a performance dance team. It's called Boot Boogie Babes. And so we bring women together from all over. We have chapters in like Seattle and Charleston and a few other places, but it's just a place where women can come together, dance, grow in friendships. And um, it's all ages and sizes and backgrounds. So it's really great. But the Abby videos they're referring to each week, each team gets to present this little Abby. It's a little stuffed sock kind of mascot. And it stands for above and beyond. So someone who really like did a lot with their homework or anything like that. And so I received Abby. And because I am a video creator, you're supposed to have a photo or check in with Abby and show like what you're doing. But I made an entire week long series of all the activities she's been up to culminating with her first dance performance that she's always longed for in her heart of hearts if she could talk. So um, that's what we did. And Abby and I had a great time this week. That's so fun. Uh, so fun. Well, you definitely need to, where, where, how can people see this? Is it on your YouTube channel or something? Or? Oh, goodness. I think it's on my Facebook. You know what? I will post them on my Instagram. I will have to do that. Yeah, <laughs> I will post do. them on we, my we... Facebook and Instagram so everyone can enjoy Abby. Because before it was just internal to like my friends and dance team. But I will share Abby with the world. Absolutely. Like that. that's, that's what we want. <laughs> she would that's like what... that. <laughs> definitely katie is saying they rival your reels in oh so we've got a bit of competition here they're pretty funny abby's so, got some sass yeah. to her oh, yeah okay. that's what i don't <laughs> i definitely don't have sass so she's got some sass <laughs> martin is saying i love this martin this is great advice perfectionism just get on with it <laughs> that's the <laughs> right. advice uh, if only it was that easy uh, well maybe it is i've got paul uh, from vancouver hard-boiled english saying greetings great to see you and seattle's great it's not too far from you really Vancouver no, in the scheme not. of things, is it? It's Only just a couple hours. A couple of hours, yeah. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. How to share what you love. 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 So, Shelley, how did you get into video? Uh, because, I mean, looking at your YouTube channel, actually, let's just have a look at your YouTube channel because it is uh, oh amazing. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just, uh, you know, got all these shorts and uh, all these videos, and you go live a lot as well. So th there's a lot going on. How did you get into video in the first place? So I've also been going live once a week, every Thursday for over a year and a half. And I was sporadically doing it before, but so I have a show every Thursday where I go live too. So I have definitely got some bumps and bruises along the way and learned a lot from going live. And we're going to talk about that, but how I first got into video in general. And I don't know if, if this is just me, but I feel like a lot of people who have a YouTube channel who start to get known for anything, it's like their second or third YouTube channel. Sometimes they're like, uh, different categories, you know, they change. And I'm no different. I first had a YouTube video, my very first one, actually, I always forget about this one, but I was applying for a coding boot camp. And one of the requirements was to create a video answering these questions that they'd laid out for you. And then you had to upload it to YouTube as an unlisted video. And then you had to, you know, share the, the link with them. And I was just out of my depth there. I was like, 
wait, what? I've got to edit a video. I've got to answer these questions. I have to stick to this time limit, upload it. What is unlisted? Like all of these things. And um, well, I guess it worked because I did get into that coding school. But um, it was many, many years later when I first then did a real YouTube channel. I kind of feel like that one doesn't count, but it still does count because it was a video on YouTube. But the other one was um, a beauty box unboxing. So that was originally then how I got onto YouTube. Awesome. So like how, how long ago was that roughly? Are we talking like oh my gosh, five, that would have been 15 years? I don't know. <laughs> what was that? It was like, oh, what was that? 2014? Maybe the end of 2014. Wow. I had to make that YouTube video. Yeah. I love that. I had to make that. It was, it, you know, it was a requirement. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, it was, it was, it was one of the requirements. You had to check it off the list. And so yeah. you also had to like do something with GitHub and you had to like do your resume, but in Markdown. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what Markdown is. I don't even know what GitHub is. What's a repository. Like, and I'm like, why am I going to coding school? <laughs> but like, I had to do all of this just to apply for this school. <laughs> oh, wow. That's, that's, yeah. that's great stuff. Yeah. Well, it's, so it, what I, I think that really highlights that not all of us who maybe embrace video now and or embrace, em, embrace live video now, you, you kind of think we've always been like that, but it's not the case. Most of us have had like a very, like maybe a re reluctance at the start or it was a bit dodgy back then. And certainly that was the case for me. You could have called me the reluctant live video guy <laughs> because like getting in front of the camera was like a really scary thing. I think it is mindset a lot of the time, I have to say, because if you think about it, you're live all the time from the last two years of how much people have gone to Zoom calls, you know, it's now like its own verb, right? Let's Zoom about it, you know? And um, if you think about it, that's a live stream just with a limited audience or, you know what I mean? Like you FaceTime with people and that's a live stream with a limited audience. So if you think about it, we're live all the time. Yeah, so true. I'm gonna ask you a little bit more about the, the mindset side of things, because I think it's so important people like they always ask me and I'm sure they ask you this uh, as well in, in your audience like what's the best camera like how do I it's the tech that's what people ask and actually the yeah. thing that's often that's holding them back is the mindset so Shelly saves the day where does that come from oh it's it's actually it's a long story oh I don't know oh, okay. how much time we have um but basically back in the day um I had this channel with a girlfriend and it was Shelly and Jade and then um, we were deciding to break off apart from the channel because she wanted to go into like skincare and um, fashion. And I, obviously, look at me. I'm not a fashion like Easter. And so um, I've been wearing the same earrings for five years because I don't know how to <laughs> accessorize. And I'm just whatever, lazy, I guess. Um, but I was like, oh, I, I don't want to do that. I want to talk about like the gear we use or, you know, editing or um, lighting or different things like that. So I still needed to keep my name. So I was like, Shelly. And I was like, Shelly, what? Shelly, what? And then I was like, ooh, saves. Because I used to call myself the savings ninja. Like if it was on sale, like I would find it on sale because I was like, friends don't let friends pay full price. So I was always like, Shelly saves, Shelly saves. And then it was like, saves what? And I was like, saves the day and I was like okay maybe it's um maybe it's um coupon shopping maybe it's I'm just a, a superhero maybe it's whatever and then it was like it, it just stuck so Shelly saves the day from there on out awesome love that love that I've, <laughs> I've always wondered and uh, I love it I love your little superhero um kind of logo that you've got as well so what Thank you. what was your this is a horrible question I hate when people ask me this but I'm Ooh. gonna ask you it can you remember what your your worst video experience was and it can be a live video experience or it can be like pre-recorded stuff but uh, getting in front of the camera what what's been a, a really horrible experience for you oh you know what okay I 
I don't mean to burn any bridges here, but we're just going to lay it all out. Honestly, one of my worst live experiences was shooting at YouTube Live Studios. And um, it was this whole thing. We were there before a conference. There was a group of us. Um, and I don't want to call anyone out, but like it was a very long day. And it's one of those um, in YouTube spaces, you have to get there early and you have to, you can borrow the equipment, but like it's a blank room. So you've got to set up everything, all the cables, all the lights, all the video equipment. And it took not only such a long time getting everything set up, um, some people didn't arrive until late, which is difficult when you're doing an ensemble type of like video. Um, some people just like didn't come. Um, and then even if it was a little bit disorganized, it would have been, I mean, the people were great and, and meeting a lot of people was great, but the video never materialized either because after everything was shot and in the can and everything like that, um, I don't know, it got corrupted or something. So it was like an entire day there at the studios and we never even saw a video at the end of it. That's not what you want at all. <laughs> no, I wanted to see it because I'm sure it would have been a good video. And that's what yeah. makes me mad is like, it's there. It's gone. Well, it's, it's often the, you, you say something that is pure gold and then you realize your mic wasn't switched on. It's always the case oh, when yeah. there's some technical I'm problems. sure it was probably bronze at best, but I'm just saying like, you want to have your whole day <laughs> worth something, right? You know, like, and it was, I, I got to meet some very lovely people and I got to be at the space, but I wanted to like see the video at the end. It just yeah. never happened. Well, I, think I, I think that's fair enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, so I can't see who this is because Facebook, uh, but um she says, this person says, she better she better not say being on my show. So whoever you are, Facebook user, let us know. Whoever you, you are. No, yeah. it was it was one of my favorite experiences ever. What? No. <laughs> Katie Simpson is saying that is so true about FaceTime and Zoom being live videos with a limited audience. Absolutely. Right. Oh, and it's right? Jeff. It is Jeff C. <laughs> no, I had such a great time with Jeff, actually. No, and I'd love to have him on my show. And I said, remember when I said there's very few people that I would actually get up this early for? And I was like, Jeff is one of them. And I was like, you're the other one. Because <laughs> like everyone else is like in the afternoon or evening. But no, I had a great time on Jeff's show. Oh, well, that's awesome. It was great to see you on Jeff's show. So um, let's talk about live. Why, why, why do you embrace live video? Why would you say that these days, uh, there's a lot of talk about live video has had its day, you know, people saying Facebook Live is dead and all this kind of, all these kind of like depressing things. Why should we these days embrace live video? Why do you keep doing it? I think there are so many reasons why we should be embracing live video. First of all, one is the, the connection that you have with the audience that's there. And I mean, not to be too metric centric, but also um, live video viewers usually tune in for like five times longer than a video on demand. So think about this for a second. People stay for a longer time. They like to interact. They like to see their name on screen. They like to see you um, respond to one of their questions, stuff like that. So they will hang out longer. And so who doesn't want more watch time. It makes YouTube happy. It makes your watch time hours happy, possibly your own. If you're dropping nuggets of, you know, bronze, silver or gold, and you're getting a super chat, a super thanks, a super sticker, whatever, or a channel membership out of it. Awesome. Or, um, you know, if you're talking about something and someone watches and says, I really vibe or jive with her. So I need to book her for a consultation or a channel review and you're making money that way. So it's already great, but also if you think about video on demand, what people don't get is authentic a lot of the time. And I think what people are craving these days is authentic. And, you know, with live, you don't get to have all the cuts. You mess up your line and you're like, oops, and you have to do it again. Or, you know, and I think people like to see that versus it's so perfect, it's unattainable, it's unrelatable, and you don't get those little 
funny little comments or like, oh, let me go on this side tangent real quick and tell you about Abby and my dance team or something, you know, because that would never make it into a video. So it's really getting to know the presenter a lot more as well. So, I mean, there's just so many different ways all around why it's so much better. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, people go on about authenticity a lot, and but I think it's so true. And that is why, one of the reasons why I love live video, because you're actually meeting people in a, you're actually seeing people being real. And when when you watch an overly polished YouTube video, pre-recorded video, I mean, they, they have their place and I, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, but you're not really getting to know the real person it feels because they're more, they're slick, aren't they? And professional and stuff, which, which is fine. To yeah. that end, I'm going to mm. even tell you, so I don't know if you have seen recently, but I recently privated like 250 videos and um, privated 2.5 million views on my channel by basically hiding all of my video editing tutorials because what I want to be known for now is about, you know, creator economy and YouTube education and stuff. So I needed to stop driving views to videos that were bringing attention to subjects I don't want to really be known for anymore. And if you think about... Um, those videos, they were polished and they were short, but no one ever cared about me. It was like a utilitarian type of um, experience. You come, you get the information for the one thing you want to learn, and then you're out of here like an encyclopedia if people are old enough for even remembering what that is, like a Google search, and then you're out of there. And I know, I'm like, oh no, I'm aging myself. But now, especially because I've been going live for the last year and a half, and I have like this core group of people that understand my humor, that understand that I have a squirrel brain, that understand all these things, and we joke about it, I feel that connection is so much deeper and I feel like that's a better place to have that relationship forming from and get those 1,000 true fans than the millions of views I was getting on something that didn't serve me as well. And people didn't know me at all. That's really interesting. I th I, and I mean, that must have been quite a scary thing to do. Uh, to, oh, yeah. To, terrifying. To, to, to do that. But uh, <laughs> it's 95% not... of my views on my channel. <laughs> so oh, wow. I just wow. cut that's... off everything. I cut it all off. Wow. I mean, I, I, I've, yeah. I spoke to somebody relatively recently who, who got rid of like two or three videos, which were their most popular uh, videos. And I was actually bringing in a sizable amount of money every month. Um, but 95%, that's a huge thing. But it, it is the right thing because ultimately you want people to know you for a particular thing. And if you've changed, if you're, if you're focusing on something else now, then that's what you need to be known for on YouTube. So I, I think that's that's great. We've got Dr. Ela who is saying, I am here to support Shelly. Whoopoo. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what? You're not here to support me. Oh. But anyway, that's, that's great, great to see. And, you bet, um, Yeah. And Jeff is saying, okay, I think I'm in the right place now. Where does Shelly think live video is going in the future? Is it shopping, community building, VR? Mm, all the above. I mean, if you think about it, Amazon Live is doing so much with uh, like live streaming and the shopping integration already built in. YouTube is starting to, I think, dip their toes into it. I don't know if you've seen it, but sometimes in a video, like a video on demand now I've seen, if they have linked a product in the description box, you would usually see that. But now I'm starting to see like a little ad for like Sephora or a thing that says like you can click on it and go buy it. And I don't think it would be that far off for, um, you know, for YouTube or for Facebook to start doing, oh, here's this and you want to buy it. Like they're going to make it a lot easier. And if you think about it, live streaming, like QVC has been like 
live streaming to a television audience for like decades now and people are accustomed to just like you know the infomercials it's like infomercials but live and so like amazon live is already doing it because they're so integrated with the shopping experience and into our daily lives but it's gonna be everywhere i i completely believe that and if you look at like what the trend has been like in china where some companies will make their entire yearly sales budget in the course of a, a few hours in a live stream um they're Live stream presenters are like celebrities over there who can move millions and millions of dollars in product. And if you think about that, like it's coming here. There's there's no way it's not. I think TikTok shopping has already started kind of dabbling uh-huh. in it as well. So it's it's coming. It That is the future. I think you're right. All, all the major uh, networks out there seem to be going in this direction. So yeah, um, live shopping. Is this something that you're dabbling in? Have you... If, tried Amazon Live and the other ones? Is this something that's part of your strategy? Or is it something you're looking at? I'm definitely looking at it. I'm, I'm, And that's one of the things with my squirrel brain. When something new comes out, like, I want to try it. I want to I want to see, you know, um, I'm not someone who's just like, theorizes about if, you know, like, I want to know, and I want to fail, and I want to like, see it um, for myself. So yeah, I do Amazon live video, I do shoppable video, I do, you know, the posts, I do every single type of way that they'll allow us to present or do something in our Amazon influencer store. I do it. Um, Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you got you got to try it. Absolutely. You got to try, right? So uh, Paul, Paul is asking this great, this is a great question. Uh, and it's one that I think you've probably been asked uh, a few times in the past, which is when it comes to live streams, how do we get more viewers to our live streams? The most viewers I've had live at any one time has been 72, which I mean, I think 72 is actually I think a 72 number. is a lot, actually. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've ever had 72 viewers in, in a live stream, except for like if I was broadcasting like previously, like on a bigger channel, like TubeBuddy, I have never had 72 on my personal channel. So first of all, put that in perspective. That's a lot of people. (laughs) But um, to answer your question, are there some things that you could do to help with that? I don't know if you've seen, but YouTube has also announced recently some new changes up and coming to live streaming. So I'm going to talk about both and then come back to the question. But one is going to be going live together. I know this is something they've been working on for like two years. It's basically like Instagram live where you go live with two people like on your mobile phone. That's rolling out very, very soon or already like starting in beta. There's also the live ring indicators that are showing um, that basically someone is live, which is awesome. There's also after the channel live stream is over, they have these redirects where you can go in and put them onto like a premiere on your channel or a different channel, which is interesting and new. And then they also have new live question and a uh, like question and answer type of experiences coming soon. And then like this full screen so you can have the chat on screen or not. So it's really interesting how much they're developing the live platform. But if you think about what are the tools that are available to you now to increase your likelihood of going live one scheduling an event in advance. Um, two, making sure that you post in the community tab a few days before or the day of that you're going live and let people know. Three, if you have an email list, make sure that you're tagging it and letting people know a couple days before as well as like, hey, in an hour as like a, a reminder. If you have a guest coming on, making sure that they can do something like um, 
Restream has a great feature like we're using, I think, with pairs. So you can have it also broadcast on their channel. There's also the option to have a trailer. So you can upload. I tried one. It turns out you have to have at least um, 20 seconds or more. I tried to do one, I think, as like a short or something. It was like 15 seconds. So it says it must be 20 or 30 seconds. So you can create a trailer that people can watch before the live, which is amazing if you think about it and say like, hey, this is what we'll be talking about, or this is my guest, or whatever you want to do, or hey, you know, respond with your questions, or also use your other platforms, such as what are questions that you have, put them out on Instagram as like a poll or a story or something like that, start using those things, bring people over into the live stream. And then um, also multi-streaming can also help as well to build up your audience. So those would be my tips. Wow, that they are like really, really helpful stuff. And I didn't know that about um, those new features that they're coming with YouTube. Your finger is obviously on the on the pulse, and in knowing about all of these things. And um, this, the, so this this whole trailer thing is this is this something that we we've all got that we can yeah add? yeah it should be. Oh, okay. And um, it, when you're going in and scheduling your event, um, there is a little item. It says like add trailer, and then you um, you add an existing video from your library that's already uploaded. So usually an unlisted or something like video. So you could create just a general trailer and be like, hey, everyone, it's Shelly. And I'm going to be, you know, talking with Ian on the Confident Marketing, you know, or whatever podcast. And I, I really hope that you're going to come and join us. And we're going to be talking about mindset and growth and live streaming and how you can share what you love with the world. So I'm really excited. Make sure you set your calendars for March 24th at, you know, 9 a.m. We're so excited to talk to you. Make sure you tune in. And you could have that show every time like someone clicks about info and they'll see that video, which is kind of neat. Awesome. I need to get you to do all these for me because you, you're just amazing at doing that. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know. I black out. I just like say things. <laughs> That's one of the problems on my live stream. It just word vomit comes out. And then someone's like, do you realize what you said? I'm like, nope. No. Well, and that's, like, can that's you say that again? I'm like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the squirrel brain. I'm, I'm, I'm exactly the same. Yeah. Squirrel brain, blah, 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 vomiting. Right? But it's, it's hopefully it's like, it's, <laughs> I was about to say, it's Should good vomit. <laughs> anyway that wasn't anyway and the community i the community tab idea i think is great as well um that's not something that i've done i think with the community tab i think you need to have at least a thousand subscribers am i right 500 they lowered it it? oh they've lowered it ah but there Mm -hmm. you go so if you got under 500 you just need to go for that golden 500 number and then um Mm -hmm. post to the community tab which is awesome uh paul is saying oh i didn't realize 72 was good my average is around 25 and 25 is good so you know that's good i think when i go live i i have like i think it's a good stream if there's double digits (laughs) i'm like yeah yeah, because it because it's not just about the. I mean, first of all, I, I know you did a short about this that you know uh, don't get too obsessed by the number because they're twenty five like real people who are watching you. But of course, the other thing is you've got the replay and you've got the the power of repurposing as well and all that side of things. So yes, um, which is awesome. Which we're not, we're not really going to talk about today. Now um, let's have a look. We've got. Uh, yeah, Katie says, wow, 95% of views, good for you, for your boldness and for going for what you want. And she also says, so interesting regarding live shopping. It's quite a new thing in the UK as we didn't have QVC. I think it has been around for about 20 years, Katie, but probably not so, yeah, it's not so common in the UK. Um and Dr. Elo, you know I support you too, my friend. <laughs> uh, Jeff says- <laughs> See, you in- guilt trip him and then he's I like, know, excuse was- you. That was the strategy. Uh, Jeff (laughs) says, Instagram rolled out tagging products for everyone in posts. Mm. I bet they're going to have live shopping rolling out to everyone soon. I wonder whether 
Instagram are going to allow us to stream from desktop or whether it's always going to be from mobile. I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Shelley? Well, I mean, you know, there's always the services you they say you're not supposed to use. I actually I signed up for through AppSumo, a new live streaming uh, platform as well to try out. And one of their big things that they talk about is Instagram. And mm. I was always like, interesting, because you're not really, as far as I know, we're not really supposed to do that. Um, and so that's, and I'm waiting as well for TikTok, because uh, some select people have the ability to also stream from uh, TikTok from your computer as well instead of yeah, from your phone. I think you have to have. I think it's something like thousand followers again for for that. There's some. There's always just to some have number. live streaming because I oh, have like right. a thousand on. I I go live actually every Sunday on TikTok and oh, Twitch, okay. and um, but I don't. I can only do it from my phone right. on TikTok, and some okay. people have the ability to do from their computer. Well, there you go. We, we yeah, yeah, we'll just have to. We'll have to see. Uh, somebody on Facebook is saying, "Sorry, we can't see who you are," but uh, we're not trying to be rude. Uh, would you agree that going live requires a lot more preparation than just recording videos? I feel I have to plan more carefully when I want to go live. This probably contributes to uh, more to being more authentic. Any thoughts on that? I don't know if I would say it requires more preparation. Um, because I think with some video on demand, like you're still doing a lot of the same things. Like you might be preparing a script or bullet points or an outline. And I think that a lot of the time a live stream should be the same. Like I usually don't go live just for poops and giggles. Like it, it's usually there's a purpose in mind. Like I have like um, something in a specific order that I want to touch on or a specific type of like lesson that I'm trying to teach that day. So that's no different than a video on demand with video on demand, though. I just can take as many takes as I want and then stitch it together. So there might be some need to be familiar with your material, because if you're not an experienced live streamer, that frustration and being flustered, um, it really I, I will say this about live streaming. I feel like time goes slower than you think it does. <laughs> like you think like, oh my gosh, I haven't said anything. The silence has been like, you know, 15 minutes and, and in reality it's been like five seconds, but like your heart is racing and you can't like understand it. And I think the more that you live stream, the more you're okay with feeling uncomfortable or not knowing what's coming next or trying to change things on the fly. Like the audio stopped working the video stopped working the you know, something stopped working and you're like trying to pretend like there's no big deal happening while you're trying to change the wheels of the bus as the bus is in motion. And I feel like people who don't live stream and don't get to flex and use that muscle, like every time any little something goes wrong, it's like catastrophic. But to a live streamer, it's like, eh, it stopped working again. Here's this workaround. And you then not only go from like plan A to Z, you end up having like, okay, we're, we're out of letters. We're going through like special characters and numbers now. And I think that that makes you a lot more resilient and faster on your feet. And I think that anyone, especially people who do video on demand, they find that terrifying the first few times, but then it gets much easier um, as you go on. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think I have to do a lot more planning with, with, with the pre-recorded video. But that's probably because I've been going live for, for so long. And, I, and now I, I don't wing it. So obviously, I plan what I'm doing. And I, put, I, I have a process, I suppose. It, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I think what you said is, is absolutely right. And I'm very impressed you said Z, A to Z. That's very British. Of I me. know, because I did that for you. Oh, thank because, you. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we I didn't want you to be like, oh. <laughs> It's that camera. It's the it's the the ZV10. 
ZV-E10 and everyone calls it the ZV-E10. Anyway, we're not I talking know. about cameras. Let's not talk about cameras. Um, so uh, let's have a look. Uh, so yeah, Katie is saying, I'm a bit kind, uh, I'm a bit mind blown at the moment, I think that is. Yeah, mind blown. And Paul says, I haven't really used the community tab. I need to look into that. Yeah. Uh, Jeff is saying you can now go to Twitch from Zoom. So now you can stream yeah. all your boring meetings, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is, uh, yeah, we don't want to do that. Um, and yeah, uh, and uh, Discord for Creators says, reminds me of that time at Bandcamp last Saturday when so many things went wrong on our stream. <laughs> Shelly is a chat. Yeah, you just have to. We were to... having some issues, right? Yeah, yeah we just have to embrace <laughs> embrace all those things. So what if we're just too scared? Uh, or How do we get over our nerves in front of the camera? You've been doing this for ages. Can you give us some tips on how you can get over those nerves and getting in front of the camera? Yeah, so a few things. One, you have to reframe and reshift your mindset. When you think about it, and someone else was like, oh, I guess I didn't think about FaceTime or Zooming or you know, it's it's live streaming already with a limited audience. So you're making videos all the time, whether it's Marco Polo or FaceTime or anything like that. So if you think about that, there's because you have a familiarity with the people on the other end of the line, it just feels more relaxed and it feels more comfortable. You get in your head when you start thinking about the millions of people that could potentially see my video instead of thinking this is for my best friend, Karen or Susan or whoever else it is. And sometimes it can help. I know some people paste um, like a little photo of a loved one. Um, I used to at the beginning think about like you could tape a name right under the lens. You could tape a photo right under the lens and just be like smile and you smile at them and you start talking and you um, and some people will also have a conversation with the photo or whatever else for a couple minutes before you hit the button. And it's, you know, anything like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? How's the weather? All the the silly and ridiculous stuff. But then once you hit the button, you feel more relaxed because you're already doing it. And it's just a continuation of the conversation you're already having and also smiling. It sounds silly, but it used to be like when you would do sales calls, you would place the mirror. I don't know if, if anyone's old enough for this, the mirror at your desk, because there's a different intonation and inflection that comes out of you when you're smiling and versus when you're just like really sad and angry on the phone. So some people would put a mirror there so they can kind of like see themselves smiling, put the photo of their friend, um, also have the, the conversation beforehand. And if you think about it, the video, a lot of the time, it's not for millions of people. It's for your ideal client avatar, your ideal viewer, that person. So think about that person and how you would talk to them. And it's it's going to be fine. It's not going to be the bad. So true. And smiling really does help, even if it's just audio. And people can tell if you're smiling or you're not smiling on audio. So and anyone who's thinking that's not the case, like have a, a 20 second script and do one take where you're smiling and do one where you're not. Mm. And um, you'll hear it, even if you don't see it, even if you're just listening, you'll hear it. Yeah, maybe I should do that. At the beginning, I should do like, hello, welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Show. And uh, right. that was with me not smiling. I think you can tell the difference between, yeah. hello, welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Show. There's a big difference between the two. Um, perfectionism. How do we get over that? Because this has been a, this was a problem for me. Uh, well, it's, it, I, I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist. And actually, that's one of the things I'm talking about at VidFest, how you can use live video as a recovering perfectionist to create all this stuff. Because like live video is not about being perfect, but it can still be such an issue and it holds so many people back or overcomplicating things. And 
Um, so how do how do we how do we get over that, Shelley? Come on, so, so, so help us. It's <laughs> <laughs> the savior day. So actually, this is interesting because it kind of coincides with the lesson that I had last week on my Thursday show, and I was talking about there's two specific instances. One is based on this parable, and one is just based on um, a person who was reading it and then wanted to apply it to their own situation. So in both instances, it was perfectionism versus um, basically production, like quantity versus quality. And if you think about it, so the story goes that there was a pottery class and he decided, um, the professor on the first day, we're going to divide the class into two halves and say, right side of the room, you guys are going to be based on the quantity of work that you have. So I'll bring in a bathroom scale, 50 pounds or more of products is going to be an A, 40 pounds of B, so on and so forth. And then on the opposite side of the room, he said, y'all are only going to be graded on one, you only have to produce one piece, but it has to be like your best piece. It, it needs to be basically, you know, like perfect. And he said, what they found is at the end of the semester, it was always the people um, that were from the quantity group that ended up also producing the highest quality because as they would make ugly pieces and learn from their mistakes and, and tweak and, and grow, the people who theorized and thought all about how to make the perfect piece and what it would actually be, their pieces ended up being like really not good. And it was just, um, they had a lot of theories, but then in execution, they didn't have much. And then this other person decided to do it with photography. And they said, you know, number of pictures and the other quality. And they said at the end, it was always the quantity of pictures had the best quality of pictures. And they had, um, you know, so many different lessons learned from composition to everything in the Lightroom and how to produce. And the people who are only focused on trying to produce the one quality piece had nothing but theories and mediocre photos is what they said. And so a lot of the time, quantity breeds quality because just like live streaming, right? The first few are like mind numbing, inducingly scary. And then the others are just like, oh, it's, it's no big deal, even though like the video and audio and everything stopped working, but we're going to keep going. We will persist. And it's, it's really about that. And I think where a lot of us come in is like, oh, this one, it needs to be great. It needs to be perfect. It needs to be whatever. And, you know, last week, Keely and I, we could not connect like together on, on the live stream. So I think I, I got booted out of the live stream four times and came back in. You make it a joke. It's not a big deal. We're having a good time. We're still learning. Um, you know, everyone's rooting for me. Like you can stay in there this time. You're going to stay on screen. And you know, it's fine because I think that's more endearing than trying to only ever be perfect because then you build up this entire thing. You can't make mistakes. You can't be human. You can't be like, and that's a worse feeling to be in, right? Because mm. we all make mistakes. And so if you think about that, you just toss it all out. We're all just humans trying our best to, you know, muddle along um, until one day we die. <laughs> so if you think about it, <laughs> I mean, that is the, that's the thing, right? It's like, so what if one person didn't like your live stream? So what, you know, if, if 99 yeah. other people did, like, that's what, that's what is important or you learn something or whatever else. Like there's so many other problems in life that's not one of them you just gotta like put it out there because you're never gonna get to the perfection or quality until you run through quantity yeah it's so true i, I think don't take yourself too seriously you know joke about it right? 
And I think part of the problem is that we, so many of us like to compare ourselves to others, you know, so people will get a, might go to your YouTube channel, I think, oh, like Shelly's like videos are amazing. I could never do that. Oh, like I, I, I need to get everything exactly like Shelly's videos before I go live. And that's just like such a bad way to think. But we often, is, yeah. we, we often think like that, don't we? If we're not too careful. Yeah, and if you think about it, like, um, if you come now, I'm four and a half years, five years into a YouTube channel, but like you can't look at now as you're like about to make your very first YouTube channel. Well, you could, they're probably still just as good. Um, <laughs> yours will be better. But like my very first one is like the bluest thing you've ever seen with the tiniest audio. But you know what? That like they exist is the point, you know? And like, oh, well, I was going to say I don't private them, but I did. I privated a whole bunch, 250 videos. But it wasn't because I was ashamed. Like up until two months ago, they were all still public. It was, um, I think it's kind of cool to see where someone has come from and like how far they've grown because you can always get better audio, get better lighting, get better whatever, but you can never change the date of first upload. You can never change the rest of it. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can improve all of that stuff. You can make the same video again every year on the year. And I know some people who do best whatever for this year. And you can go year after year and be like, wow, better audio, better lighting, better everything, better stage presence. But I think what's more important is, hey, I have 500 videos in my library and repertoire and look at me, I'm so much more confident. Yeah. And if you think about trying to get things perfect, you'll probably have zero videos, <laughs> which is not what you want. Yeah. And it's like, you can have a perfect video three, like three years from now on something that was like timely, you know, like I, I, I would tell people this before I was like, oh, monthly beauty box, un like unboxing thing. I'm like, here's a boxy charm for March 2000 or, you know, 2022. No one cares about it. And, you know, next month. So like, what are you waiting for? Like, sometimes you just got to like, get it out, get it out. Definitely. Dr. Elo says the ZV Elo camera. Um, yeah, I love that. <laughs> and Katie says, when you're smiling, the whole world smiles with you, definitely. Uh, and Discord for Creator says, people who take cues off your reactions, if you're cool with it, your audience will be too, definitely. And yeah, th this is your quote. Um, and then you die. Shelly and Nathan, then you die. March 24, right? 2022. So... <laughs> Yeah, we went from smiling to like death <laughs> and destruction. So the, the topic of this, this show today is about doing, how do we do what we love? I think we're, all the stuff we've talked about is so important. We're talking about the mindset side of things. But how do we share what we love on live video or on video in general? And, and how do we kind of balance that with, with making money as well because we so often we I see people that are sharing their passion but they're they're really struggling to make ends meet or and they, they, they may have a they may have a, like a, a proper job as well and they're, they're doing this in the evening but if you're wanting to make this your passion and wanting to make this your job have you got any tips for us yeah, I think it's about creativity and never putting all of your eggs in any one basket. I'm a huge proponent of, I like to call them multiple slices of revenue pie. And so once a month, I usually will kind of break it down for people, like how much money I'm making and in what slices it's all being divvied up just to give also people not only a dose of realism, but ideas of other places that they might be thinking of. A lot of people are always like, oh my gosh, until I get monetized on YouTube. But it's like, oh my gosh, that's the smallest slice of my revenue pie. I would never, never, ever make it if I only counted on that. And if you think about it, one of the things I, I talk about is like, you should be able to share what you love with the world, but you also should be able to make money because we don't want any starving artists out here, right? 
we want people to be able to share. And so it's about creativity. If you think about like, oh my gosh, one of the things I love most in life is watching friends. How can I make money from that? Right. And to also come back one more time to the creativity and the perfectionism and the fear of camera. If you talk about things that you're really genuinely passionate about, you can't help but smile. You can't help but be excited. You can't help but just, you know, have gestures and articulate in, in certain ways. So one, you got to actually find something you're excited to talk about. So that is helpful. And then two, it's not always about getting the most audience. Sometimes it's about getting a specific audience that is willing to support this crazy idea or dream that you have. So if it's, I love watching friends and then it's maybe I create a video podcast of me doing friends episode recaps. And then all of a sudden it's maybe I have merch that's based on some sort of funny phrase, like, and then you die or something else. <laughs> or, um, you know, um, maybe I created my own merch line. Maybe I created um, a private discord where all of a sudden all we do is talk about episodes and why cliffhangers on certain season um, enders were like awesome or not awesome. Or maybe we do these private um, chats and live streams with just these people. Or, you know, there's so many different ways that you think about it from talking about a TV show, like I, I'd already be watching this on Friends uh, or on Netflix or something. So why can't I take some of that um, passion and put it behind some sort of thing where you get paid? So there's so many ways if you think about it, you just have to get creative. And you sometimes don't need to think traditionally about the only ways I can make money are, you know, AdSense, because it could be Patreon, it could be something else, it could be so many other ways to make money. Yeah, so true. And we're going to be talking a lot more about that in, in future episodes on the show, because I, I do feel it's something we've not focused so much on recently, uh, the whole making money side of things. But obviously, ke keeping that passion going is is really important. I, I, I am thinking one way to make money is to uh, to get t-shirts with and then you die on them, Shelley. And I then think you die. I think that is your yeah. your your next thing. And well, I'm still waiting. I I need to make a T-shirt with um something that I said at People of Video. I was I was speaking at a conference, and what's funny is it turned out to be to Alex Lyons, who is communication coach, so he teaches people how to speak for a living. And at one point in my talk, I told him to shut his lips and learn. And so I told him that um, apparently he should inspire my my next merch drop of shut your lips and learn. <laughs> Oh, lovely. which is just ironic on so many levels, but it That's was so I mean, funny. Oh, I wish it was, was really funny. funny. <laughs> that is great. Uh, Chad is here. Chad, your Peterson is great to see you here. He's saying, I apparently showed up in the middle of a dark. <laughs> it's probably the, the and then show. you die part. <laughs> and I, I, in fact, I, that was the scene that I should have done. I, I should have done this scene. I, I've been wanting to do that all, all episode, that but uh, for podcast listeners, it's just. Don't worry, it's, it's a silly little scene I've got set up here. Um, yeah, so can you give us some ideas for, for creators who, which the majority of my listeners and, and viewers are, um, what are the kind of things that we could be doing um, that, that will actually bring in some money? So you mentioned, for example, uh, monetization on YouTube is, is a very small piece of the pie. Like what other things could we be looking at? Uh, you've got some examples of what what yeah, are the kind of I the low-hanging fruit and, and moving up onto there. Let's say you're a fashion blogger, right? And um, once you start thinking about all the different ways that you break this down, maybe you go on live and you link all of the pieces that you're wearing. So now you've got affiliate marketing or, you know, um, referrals happening there. Maybe you're getting sponsored for the clothes that are actually being sent to you. So you've got that. Maybe 
what you, um, you know, people are paying for like stylists and whatever else. And everyone loves these outfits on Pinterest or something like that. Maybe someone pays you for um, their own curated Pinterest board of fall fashion ideas, right? Or um, you give advice on styling and accessories or how to change out with the seasons and accessories and you become a fashion stylist for other people. So think about that. Now you've got like um, the money from if you do a live stream, you've got the companies working with you, sending you clothes, maybe sometimes sponsoring the live streams. I've seen that as well happen. Um, you've got all kinds of things where you've got shoppable posts where you're linking all of the items that you're wearing and people can purchase it. Also affiliate links. Then you're putting those same things on Instagram. Same thing. You're posting that photo and people can buy it. Then someone says, hey, I want to not only get that outfit, but I need help. I'm going to a wedding and I need fashion advice. You could charge someone for a consultation over Zoom to be like, all right, let's look at this. Let's look at your um, stores that you have near you. Or I'll put together an outfit for you from Amazon and put it up on a shoppable post. And all you have to do is add everything to a cart. You make a commission on that. You make a commission from the, the meeting that you have with them. So if you think about that, there's all kinds of different ways that you can already make money. Wow. Well, there you go. That's, that is, we're going to have to kind of repurpose that bit because that was amazing. So much things, <laughs> so many things to think about. And you remind me, we had uh, Chris uh, Giles on the show talking about Amazon Live and he was talking about, yeah, you can make money from Amazon Live, uh, but what a lot of people are, what you can make even more money from is from like brand deals and things like that. So it's not necessarily the obvious stuff. There are other things that you can do. And if you want to find out more about this, I know this is something that you talk about on your channel, on your YouTube channel. Just search for Shelly Saves the Day on YouTube. We're almost out of time, but Hassan is asking a great question here. Great to see you, Hassan. Hope you're doing well. Uh, this is this idea of having an optimal number of fans for business success. How many true fans do you think you have, Shelly, that you think are the ones who contribute more to your financial success? Mm, are you asking how many true fans I have? I don't, I don't think know, that's but really it's not a thousand yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he's meaning I'm like you specifically. It depends, you know, on what level that they're contributing as well. So if you have, let's say, a Patreon or um, something like that where they're paying $100 a month to support the dream or um, getting something from you, how many of them? Do you, I mean, that's really a question of how much money do you need as a personal um, budget per month for you to feel comfortable or successful, right? Because everyone would love to make six figures. But like I, I run into this every month when I talk about like, what do you want to make? Like, what's your goal? Like some people are at, I'd love to hit 500. You know, some people are up at around like, I need to make $5,000 a month to help sustain what I need to do. So when you also think about what your entire piece of revenue pie should look like, then it's a lot easier for you to also track backwards and be like, hey, if I get this much in percentages, or maybe I need to get more in sponsorships, and then I need to do more with affiliate marketing, or I need to do like a digital uh, thing and have it be selling like it, it really kind of depends on what your dollar amount that you need each month to feel successful is. Yeah. And, then and it kind of depends like what from there. Yeah, where, where in the world are you? What stage in your life are you? There's all that, those, those kind of questions. So don't let the comparison go into it. But I hope that answers your question, Hassan. We could do a whole show on that. Just before oh, yeah. we finish, one quick question, uh, which I kind of wanted to ask you earlier, but I forgot, which is like not good, which is like one concern that people have, I know, and they've asked me about this when streaming to YouTube is does streaming to YouTube live harm your channel? Uh, 
because obviously people are going to go to watch your pre-recorded video and they're not necessarily going to watch want to watch like a whole hour of a live stream so should you have like a separate channel or i mean i know you don't so like, i'm just interested in your thoughts there i always come back to the answer it depends <laughs> always <laughs> and it's the same like should i start a channel for shorts it depends. Um, there's a lot to love about live video, including like the longer watch durations and stuff. And in fact, a lot of the time I tell people if I were new and not lazy, but just like new, I would tell people to start with a live show as well, because it's really easy to snip out five minutes of it, especially if there's a lot of Q&A type of stuff happening, create shorts, create video on demand, create other little snippets so that people can easily digest them. And then if they want to commit to a longer um, session than they can. But also keep in mind that you are working for that watch time and whatnot. And so if you private all of those or you unlist them later, then all of the watch time that you thought you were gaining ends up going away. So if you really are concerned about this, someone who does this really well is Sean Cannell, who will usually do a webinar almost like presentation in the first half an hour. And then we'll go into a Q&A type style at the last half of the hour or something like that and then take some of those question and answers and pull them out into separate videos, but cut off the video and make it like still mostly educational in the first 25 minutes. And that could be its own like standalone video. So I've seen that also work for people because he's not as concerned about watch time from the rest of the live stream. But I think that it really just comes down to, it depends, like it can help or harm. So it like, if you're going for watch time and, and you want it because a lot of times you get more watch time and you need about 20% less viewers to get the same amount of watch time than some on-demand videos, then maybe you want to leave them up. If you think it really is harming, you may want to think about unlisting them or you know ripping out parts later and then putting them up or having a separate playlist where they're all there unlisted and then ripping out the parts that you want. So it just depends. There we go. That's another t-shirt design. It depends, uh, but it's so true. <laughs> yeah, it really depends on your strategy. It so depends, yeah. Um, well, thank you, Shelley. We, we've run out of time, uh, but there's just so much we could talk about. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to bring you back onto the show sometime. Um, hopefully the experience wasn't too uh, painful for you, uh, but it wasn't nope, too early in the morning. <laughs> I didn't die. You didn't die. <laughs> Stop bringing death. We're trying to bring... Oh, dear. Anyway, if you want to find out more about Shelly, go to YouTube, search for Shelly Saves Today, uh, and her YouTube shorts. Well, a lot of her videos are just... They're not all. They're not just va uh, really valuable information. They also are hilarious as well. So you definitely need to check those out. So thank you, Shelly. It's been great to have you on. Uh, and that is it for this week. Well, of course, I forgot to talk about the community. Uh, do join the community on volley at confident.live forward slash community that's confident.live forward slash community but that is it for this week and until next time i encourage you to level up your impact authority and profits to the power of live video see you soon bye thanks for listening to the confident live marketing podcast with ian anderson gray make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact authority and profits through the power of live video and until next time Love